back guys uh now the podcast nba edition episode 20 uh we're back we got the fellas here and uh we're just getting into some hoop talk here um just real quick for the introductions i am panda vinci and i'd be halfway organized and gonna try to <laughs> we even have issues with this <laughs> the software man this is to be real honest with you guys, but um, we're getting it. We're getting it figured out, um, and that's about it. I'm Karan, and I be um, looking at a new hat that I got today. Came from the mailbox, <laughs> and uh, it's cool. It's cool, and uh, yeah, I'm, uh, this it's the hat has become a thing, I guess. Yes, yeah, it's my thing now. <laughs> It's my thing now. So, is it the trash panda one? That was what was today, but I got a box mm. today, and no, it's like okay. a uh, the Miami Beach flamingos. Mm. So, it's so you like send a, you send multiple delivery guys to your house for hats? If I can, if I can, if it can be handled, if I can catch it before uh, the significant other gets to it, yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty. You know, yeah. I had so I had a box that came in the mail. I'm pretty. I'm, I almost feel confident that she had it sent back. I feel good about. Whoa! That. All right, like, we'll, we'll get into some of that. In <laughs> 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 <Getting> real, <laughs> get too real. <laughs> yeah. All right, we got. It. I am uh, Darren, and I be man. Also dealing with technical issues with my internet, killing me over here. But we gonna make it work. All good. All right. So we got some takeaways. Um, my takeaway is just the Clippers are just consistent, man. I mean, they're basically the U.S. post office. Like, you know, they're reliable, you know, kind of boring. You know, they're not really, you know, you don't expect them to, well, hell, even bring in money. But, <laughs> but they're, uh, I don't know, man. Like, when you kind of doubt them, they kind of just kick it in gear. I mean, that's kind of what I've been noticing. Uh, like, it, last night looked like a game that could have got away from them. Uh, it kind of went back and forth a lot, but it, all it took was just a couple guys just kind of locking in on defense. It took, uh, of course, a uh, Kawhi Leonard claw <laughs> with a huge block. Uh Literally by by the top of his middle finger. That is so crazy. Because uh, yeah, cause Jamal Murray's about to give him that work, man. He was, you and if you watch the video, they left the ground at the same time, 
but like Murray just kept hanging in the air. And uh, so it, it was about to look like he had him, but like there was his finger just, <laughs> just hanging out. And, uh, and man, that was a huge block. Cause that, that dunk would have gave him so much confidence. Uh, yeah. That- and then not only that, like Kawhi had these assists right after that, like these great passes. And, and then he almost nailed this one shot. It would have been like, okay, it's over. You know what I mean? But uh, it wasn't just him. I think it was just some. And then again, they do it in their way to where you just see kind of great individual play. Uh, Paul George played pretty great. Oh, he played uh, fantastic. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm just, <laughs> just going to put it as a takeaway because it's not a whole lot to go in depth about it. But um, it's a fun series. The games are fun to watch, but like, yeah, it's just when you, by the time you get to the end of the game, you're like, okay, well, I guess that's what's supposed to happen. Yeah, and that's kind of the thing. It's just with Denver, they're still trying to figure out how to close out good teams. They're still yeah. young themselves, so you know, closing out a team with championship players on it, championship contenders on it, you know, it takes a while to, you know figure that out especially when they're really good defensively they just you know they kind of got rattled in a in a sense like in a way that they they knew that they could win the game and we were talking about this they kind of got tight because they knew that oh man we could beat these guys and it you know ironically caused them to lose the game realizing that they could win it instead of just staying in the game not worrying about what the end result was going to be but just playing in the moment they started to Right. See the finish line. Yeah. So just to comment one more little thing on that, because what I saw was with Michael Porter Jr. getting in there and kind of doing some serious work. Like, I think he was the second highest scorer mm-hmm. on the team. Yeah. Which I don't know if you necessarily want that. I mean, it's, it's good contribution, but like, you don't really want that. So, it, and and the way I was saying it before, I was like, because we were, we were texting while it was happening. I'm like, Okay, you want to go ahead and ride that wave and then go back to the shallow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like go go back to what works and cuz it seems like cuz they weren't doing so hot and then he kind of gave them a boost and then once he kind of like came out again, they were kind of like, "Well, what do we do now?" You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean the th- the thing with it's two things here um for me with as far as Denver, what well, three things? A, they, they just needed to calm down. I think once, you know, Beverly yeah. started getting turnovers and, you know, just just chill. Like, they were trying to run at such a rapid pace. Um, They just kind of got a little bit ahead of themselves, and that's experience. Like, that again, that's what Darren said with, you know, what you said. Both of you said about championship experience. That's the, the first thing. The second thing, um, Porter. Wow. He's a fantastic. He's, you know, he's he's such a conundrum because you, you really can't have him out there with five minutes left. You can't. Like, you can't because even though he gives you a great deal as far as outside shooting and, you know, offensive rebounding and and he's got a real nose for the ball, I mean, he gets lost so easily right now. But this the reality of it is is that he's a rookie. Like yeah. he's not a rookie. This is his second year in the NBA because he sat out all the last season. But he's a rookie, so 
he's getting out here getting punished like a rookie is supposed to get punished. That's what's, what's supposed to happen. Yeah. You're supposed to take yeah. advantage, go right at the rookie. You take advantage of rookies. There's no rookie. I can't even think of a good one right now, except for I'm looking on back in time with Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, you know, that, that really stood out as rookies. And they were older, older players. Even when they came out, they were, they were right. a little bit older and better. Um, the other thing, too, is Murray. Murray has to – Murray went five for 17 last night with 14 points. Like, that can't happen. That can't happen and you expect to win, right? So right, right. Um, he yeah. has to be – he has to be the guy. He has to be, you know, 8-1-B. If Jokic is 30, getting 30 a game, then, I mean, you got to get 25. Right, or at yeah. least, even if you don't score a bunch of points, be efficient with it. And then the last thing I'll say is Jeremy Grant, bruh. You got mm. to hit the threes on the corner, guy. Wide I mean, that's <laughs> to me. To me, even even with the shots that Murray didn't make, if they had just hit like two of those threes in the course of that second half, um, especially at the times that they were they could have hit them, you know, in the course of the game, they could have stemmed a lot of that kind of momentum that the Clippers were building up. Um. You, they, those threes are going to be open for him. He has to hit those. I don't know if we're going to spend any time other than now talking about Jeremy Grant, but um, he's the kind of guy that I like him, man. Like I like the little things he can do. He's got great size and, you know, uh, just great tools, right? And then when you, when you see him doing his thing, you're kind of like, oh, dang, I'd love for that guy to play for me, you know, but. And then I don't know. In those moments, you're like, "Oh God, he is just really giving them nothing," you know. He just has to hit. I mean, yeah. it's, it's the yeah. jumpers he does. They they ask him to do a few some stuff. They, he's got kind of a weird green light where he can take shots that he wants to take. And I'm just like, right. no, right. no, 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 no. I rather he kind of shrinks. That's the thing. Like, he's, right. he just kind of ends up shrinking in those moments. I rather Morris so anyway. take those shots. I rather somebody else take those shots, just not him, right? Not right in that situation. Right. All right. So uh, moving on, we got Ron with the take. Oh, they letting people in into the bubble. They letting um not just players. They letting guests for the players and staff um into the bubble, which is tight. Um, yeah. This says a lot to me. Yeah, I mean it's it's super tight. Well, it says a few things for me that you know I'm thinking about it. A, they need somebody to ride them rides at the Disney World, so I don't know if they're gonna be letting them rock. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. like I don't I don't know if they're letting them rock for free and they're giving like a half All off quarter. popcorn machines. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Y'all need to come through, bring your families and stay at our resorts <laughs> and um have the league pay for it. Yeah, because we're going to Mickey we Mouse to, hats. Yeah, we deck. need to get this popping. We need pictures. We need something <laughs> yeah. to show people we're doing stuff out here besides just playing basketball. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I think that's a that's a dope thing that, that's, that's good for the league. It's good for, um, you know, it's good pressure relief for all of, especially if you got young, let's say you bring your wife and they're letting them like bring like a baby. So if you have like a, a you know a child or a baby, I mean that's that's critical. That that's a, that's good. You know, it's just 
it feels good that everybody's it's a team thing and everybody's involved and everybody's getting kind of the same treatment too. It's not like obviously the players are probably having <laughs> I don't know if they have nicer amenities now that I'm thinking about it because the rooms didn't look mm-hmm. too special. But really. in this, you know, they're they're getting the same treatment as the players, at least, you know, in this one very particular case. And um it's good. I, I think it's a good thing for the league. Yeah. Um my my thing on that is I think they're showing the rest of well the country at least how how this shit should be done. I mean like right. They're they're taking it seriously, but at this point, they've been so successful at it, they don't have to. Like they have freedom in there. Which ironically, you know what I mean? I know they're isolated in a bubble, but like they're being rewarded with freedom, which is like when we shut everything down in the you know, countrywide, we're like, okay, well this is hard, but like there's there's an end to this. That you know, there's a means to this. And then it's just kind of like, no, I think we're good. Or I'm just annoyed. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's just right back to the bullshit. So the reason why we're able to have nice things is because some people are being serious. And that's <laughs> that's what I take from it. Yeah. I mean, I also think that initially just kind of allowing the players to have their significant others there was kind of a bad look. It, <laughs> just like, I mean, like the coach can't have his wife there. Or, you know, the, the athletic trainer or, you know, the assistant coach. It, yeah. It's almost like, well, well why can't they? Um, but they they kind of fix that up real quick. You know, the NBA, again, is pretty good at, you know, not only listening oh. to the players, but kind of listening to anyone who's talking, anyone who has a good idea, anyone who's saying, hey, there's a way to do this better. You know, they're usually pretty oh, yeah. like, all right. We can we can do that. Unlike the NFL, for example, they actually listen to <laughs> good ideas. Mm-hmm. Oh, the NFL waits until like the building's burning down, and they're like, "Okay, no more matches." You know, right? <laughs> so, so that's good news. Uh, Darren, you got a takeaway? I do. So, surprisingly enough. Uh, <laughs> The Boston Celtics are donating $25 million to racial justice initiatives in the greater Boston area. Um, And the way this will play out is that they will donate $25 million over a 10-year span, um, and I quote, addressing racial injustice and social inequities in the Boston area. Um, so this kind of works in conjunction with the NBA donating $300 million um, over the course of 10 years as well. Um, five of the $25 million that the Boston Celtics are going to donate will um, go to different media assets. And then the remaining $20 million over the course of the next 10 years will be um, kind of dished out over six pillars um so to speak so um huh. it's like um oh here they are uh, equity and education economic opportunity and empowerment equity and healthcare, criminal justice and law enforcement breaking down mm-hmm. barriers and building bridges between communities and voting and civic engagement um so it sounds like it's a pretty diverse initiative 
um, where all this money is going to go into all these different pillars. And it sounds like Jalen Brown is, is, is pretty active um, in leading this along with other players and staff and coaches, um, which is great. Uh, they're the first team in the league to do this, to actually put forth money outside of the entity that is the NBA. They're doing it as an organization themselves. It's just wow that the Celtics were the first domino to drop. Like the Celtics. Seriously. Seriously. The, the history Celtics. of Boston. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the one bright spot in their history as it relates to, <laughs> to racial justice is Bill Russell being the first black coach in the NBA. Um, and that came with a lot. You know, there were a lot of issues a whole with lot. that. That wasn't like an easy thing. Um, he came and, with a whole lot. I mean, just you know, like, but <laughs> Boston was one of those places where, you know, early on, like people wouldn't come to the games because they had black players. Yeah. It's, it's just a lot, a lot, a lot of racial history. In Boston. Well, I mean, if you think about it, though, I mean, even with Russell, if if I'm not mistaken, either there was supposed to be, they didn't reach either. It was something crazy that happened with the team, especially at the end, and he didn't even want to be recognized by the team for years mm-hmm. after mm-hmm. after that. Like he didn't want to be recognized by the team, and or when he got inducted into the Hall of Fame, he didn't want like Boston people there. Wow. It was like something crazy like that. I have to look it up right quick. Um, but it was some, I mean, he had a lot of issues with the organization at the end because they didn't, he doesn't, he didn't feel like they stuck up for him right. um, at the end of his career. So um, let me go back and trying to see, but and go of ahead. Of course, you know, there've been other players over the years who've had issues playing in Boston both as a part of the organization and going there to play, um, so it's 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 not lost on anyone that Boston, you know, along with other places like Indiana and Utah, haven't been, you know, favorite cities for most of the players in the league. Um, yeah. But you know, you got to give credit where credit is due. It sounds like they're trying to to do the right thing, and again. Jalen Brown is 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 kind of the outlier here. He's kind of leading the charge. Has been very outspoken, very well spoken as well um, about racial injustice and and kind of you know just being very vocal about how he feels about it and and you know kind of galvanizing other players and you know from what we can see now you know just kind of galvanizing the Celtics organization. So um, props to him and, and props to them because that's not you know it's not a small piece of change. No, no, that's great. That's uh, doubling down. And um, yeah, I think we can safely say as long as they keep these players, you know, and, you know, I don't know how much coaching or, you know, ownership is involved, but they're, you know, changing the culture there. And that's, that's a great thing. I mean, yeah. And that's kind of like, it's, it has to be everything you just read has to be the initiative it's it's multi-pronged and it that's how you make you know big waves is by doing not just one thing or not just you know being conscious of it for a month or two like it's it has to be systemic you know right and this is a 10-year initiative um and then like you said it's multi-pronged so 
you know, that's hopeful. It's it's a good thing. It's good news that just, you know, came out within the last couple of hours. So I think it's pretty cool. It's hopeful. Oh, yeah. I wanted to say one thing about Boston. Now, Russell, I wanted to, I really, it, I felt it important to find it, but Russell refused to attend the ceremony in which they retired his jersey number in 1972. Okay. Now, I mean, it wasn't that long ago. I mean, it's only been like two, a year or two ago where he came back and started coming to Boston games again. Mm. So Man. that's that's how he felt about his experience in Boston. So, you know, and, and then, of course, the history of Boston with players, with certain other players and, you know, people. I mean, it's, Boston has a sordid history with race. So the fact yeah. that the Celtics are stepping forward like this is – you know, it's, it's very impressive. It's very important that they do it because it sends a very clear message. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see who, you know, if people take uh, the Celtics lead. Oh, yeah, that, that, that should happen. I mean, when you see one team, you know, stepping out, like you, you should feel foolish or shame not to. But anyhow, uh, moving on, we got to see... I guess it was midweek last week or sometime last week. Um, Steve Nash ended up taking the job of head coach for Brooklyn or agreeing to it. I'm not sure. Um, you know, like, I don't think they can sign him yet, right? I don't, I'm not entirely sure. But uh, yeah, so that's pretty interesting. And then it kind of, we had like a first reaction and then we started hearing some second reactions. And what do y'all think about it right now? I'll let you go first, Kay. <laughs> um, I've I have quite a few thoughts. Um, first, this is not a knock against uh, Steve Nash. I actually do think he's going to do a pretty good job. Um, for whatever reason, he just seems like a really smart guy. He has an idea of who his talent is well, I mean, for number one, he's played against <laughs> the, both of them. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. not that long ago. Um, so he's, you know, he's in tune with the league. He's, he was, he had just recently been working with the warriors. So he has an idea of the, you know, certain systems. I'm sure he's going to take a lot of little things from, from Kerr. He's going to take a lot of stuff front office things. He's going to take stuff from obviously from Mike D'Antoni, um, into a new system that's probably going to get the nets up and down and make it very exciting. And he has, you know, he he has star appeal too. So um, it's going to be good. It's going to sell, t- t- sell tickets, which is what the nets want. They want to be a marquee team, not just in New York, but they want to be the marquee team. And they, I think they see this as an opportunity to overcome the Knicks or make up significant ground on the Knicks to become the New York City team. I mean, I don't know if that's really possible. It's just simply out of the history. The Knicks, even as terrible as they've been, people are just like, I just, you know, the Knicks just need, you know, X player or they need this, you know. So people still pine for the Knicks to be good. Um, but I, I think it's going to be great. My main issue, and it's been talked about, and I'm sure Darren will get a little bit more into it, is that I'll take it like Byron Scott said something the other day, you know, Byron obviously was a really good player in the NBA, and he also was a pretty good coach. Um, but he said something that that really hit me, 
And that he mentioned that he didn't have anything against Steve, obviously. Nice guy. I've met Steve a couple of times. He's a very nice guy. That's that's true. That's 100% true. Great dude. But you never see black candidates. First of all, we have a, a wealth of black candidates ready to go. Um, but you never see black candidates be given an opportunity to coach great players, like off the street. Right. Like when is the last time you've seen a head coach, a black head coach, not be given a project of some sort? That's a great, great or question. something that he has to like overcome all these obstacles. And then he has to turn sugar to sh- uh, like shit to sugar somehow. Right. Um, and Nash is getting an opportunity with no head coaching experience, having not paid any like coaching dues. He's going to get two of the top. 20 players, 15, 20 players in the league. One of them in the top five, if he's healthy, 100%, or anywhere near what he used to be. Okay, so, and also you had a team that, you know, that was just in the playoffs. I mean, that's good. Right. That was pretty decent without the two main guys. Right. So it's it's kind of like, wow, where's the equity there? Not just that we're not getting an opportunity. Where's the equity in our opportunity? When we do get the op chance, why are we not getting those types of opportunities? And I agree with them. I just don't think no, nothing against Steve. I just to me that it, it's just it's I don't think that's cool. Yeah. Um, just to just to kind of back up what you're saying, I'm thinking about all these coaches that maybe their job was to turn shit into gold, and then some of them, you know, were kind of on the verge of doing that. Some and then some people get coach of the year, <laughs> Dwayne Casey, and uh, and, right. and get fired. Yeah, at the same time. So it's and then like I was just thinking about some examples. I wrote a couple down. I remember when Doc Rivers was in Orlando. I think everyone knew he was a good coach, like right off the jump, right? And then um, he got fired there, which is, I mean, it's been everyone gets fired there. It's just kind of. That's their culture. But um, one of the best examples, I, if I thought of, and actually I'm giving them props, this isn't something I normally do, but um, was Dallas had the right idea. But, and, and this used to kind of be a thing, is where they would have a player coach. It was, it was very rare, but they had that with Avery Johnson. And um, he would play a little, and then he would kind of, be on the sideline a lot of the time. And they actually gave him the gig and he was fucking successful at the, at the gate. Like he was damn successful. Uh, And then he eventually got fired, but it's like, and and that's another person who I am just amazed, like couldn't just bounce back and get any NBA job after that. You know what I mean? Um, Byron Scott was another one, man. Like talk about successful out the, out the jump. And uh, again, like, well, why is he not on the short list every freaking year? Someone gets fired. Uh, and then, I mean, if when then when they are, they're put in these terrible situations, you know. But uh, I I do like the idea of Nash. I think you're dealing with someone who understands not only basketball but the way it's played today. So you're you're, you're kind of it. Just, it sounds like a good idea. Uh, but yeah, I'm with you. Like, and 
Monty Williams. You think of all these guys who they're good coaches. And then you, you see them just kind of like they take the bullet, you know, before anyone does. You know, it's just kind of weird to me. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think initially a lot of people brought up Byron Scott. And, you know, of course, a lot of people brought up Mark Jackson. And, you know, Mark Jackson is currently working as this was happening, you know, of uh, the NBA playoffs with ESPN or TNT, whichever network he's on and he had yeah. some he had some words about it and of course he he's a fan of, of steve you know as as somebody he's played against and as a, as a friend as a peer but you know just kind of generally speaking a lot of people were talking about you know mark jackson um and, and you know the thing i have to say about that is i think mark is a really good coach he did a great job in golden state um the reason he's no longer in Golden State or the reason he was let go at the time is not because he was a bad coach, but because he was out being a kind of a shitty human. Um, and I, I think that's pretty widely known, you know, for most people who follow the NBA. He was just out in Oakland acting a damn fool. Um, and it didn't really go with the culture of the team. So, you know, it's always weird to me when people are like, well, Mark, why did Mark Jackson get the job? Well, he's had some character issues. Um, and that's not the same thing with, with Scott and some other guys or Sam Cassell for that matter. Um, but you know, we can leave Mark Jackson out of that conversation. Um, but what I want to read really quickly is a comment from uh, Jerry Colangelo, the um, Phoenix Suns former owner. He had some things to say <laughs> about about that, that the Steve Nash hiring, and um, it's. It's, it's kind of typical, but it just kind of goes to show the, this type of thought process. So um, what he had to say was, I don't think that it's fair to anyone involved. I don't think it's fair to Steve. Obviously, he didn't create the disproportionate number of black coaches in the NBA. He was offered an opportunity. He's a big boy. He understood that saying yes might cause a, or create a certain kind of speculation. He was willing to do that. Certainly the same with Sean Marks, the Nets GM. He knew in hiring Steve, he was potentially opening himself up, but he chose to do it. And so you have to honor that. We're just living in a very precarious time and every decision is looked at with a microscope and race is run into it. Sometimes it's justified, sometimes it's not. End quote. Um, so... Well... He's, he's, he's kind of exactly. not wrong. Like... He's like, very like, wrong. No, I don't know. I mean, like, just but on the literal sense, like, he kind of, I think he kind of said a, a lot of nothing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's not really saying anything, but. It's, uh, but it's, it's, the, it's the privilege in saying that it's always about race. And in saying that, he's saying that it's not about race. What he's saying is, it's not about race. It's about Steve being the best guy for the job, and Steve is a great guy for the job. But do but do we know that really? Like that's kind of so that's and that's so, the point. That's right. the whole we thing. Don't, exactly. Right. 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 So that's that I'm should be he, the point. With any I'm of saying this, he is a like, great candidate for the job, and now he has a job, so it's his. So we will never know who was maybe better for the job yeah. than him at this particular moment. But you know. That, so, that's kind of so, that's so kind of my it, issue with the comment. Is so it that, that it isn't will. known? Yeah, I, I think 
and this is me being mm, a skosh naive, but I, I, I'm, I would say that there's better candidates for sure. But I just see it as them making a splash. They just wanted a splashy name, and they wanted to they wanted to bring whatever culture that they think he can produce there in Brooklyn. So, and Karan said it. It's it's good business. Steve is going to sell right. tickets. Um, right. it, it, I mean, if you think could, about it, it he's probably going to have a great could, staff around him because of who he is and because of that job and because people yeah. like Sean Marks too. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of people, and it's funny, and I guess the reason why there was no, there was a lot of talk about him, them considering Greg Popovich. And it, obviously the reason why no one would even bat an eye to that is because he's already a proven great coach, right? Right. And he's and he's not he's not really taking anyone's job. He's just someone who, you know, is a proven commodity. You know what I mean? So so I think that this argument needs to be had because we're dealing with someone who's a first time coach, right? Because it is seem like some type of, you know. Uh, for, I mean, for me, it's no different than, and I've seen this a million times. It's happened to me plenty of times just per, in my personal life, walking into a job interview or an opportunity with years of experience and lose that job to someone who's fresh out of college and white. Yeah. It's It's kind of the same thing. Like, yeah. I don't even know if the Nets like ran down the list and interviewed you know, Byron Scott, Avery Johnson, Mark Jackson, Sam or, Sam. you know, tried to poach Monty Williams or somebody. I don't even know. Or if they yeah. just said, nope, we're going to go with Steve. We're just going to hire Steve and that's our decision. And it's their decision to make. But again, when Colangelo says something like, you know, everything's about race now, it's just like, that just proves to me you don't know anything. Or you yeah, just, that, your that tells me that it is about ignorant. race. It yeah, is so, about race. So I mean, obviously, if it's... Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I'm just saying he's only commenting because of the race factor. So, you know what I mean? So he's kind of like proving his... It, right. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. he wouldn't even be commenting if there wasn't a race factor. Right, right. Yeah. Clearly, clearly. <laughs> that's the, you know, and that's the thing that I think that, of course, Jerry's an older guy, and I, I just, you know... I, he clearly doesn't really get it to me. He doesn't really, that tells me he doesn't really understand it. And that's the thought process. I think of a lot of people that are in a lot of front offices across right. the league. Um, if that wasn't the case, I mean, it doesn't make any sense that you would have. So you're they're, The players there, you're good enough to have players. <laughs> like the players are good enough. You know, you to have like 70, 75% of the league be black players, but they're not good enough to also coach or, you know, it just doesn't, it doesn't make any, it doesn't make sense. Like there's no way you're going to, somebody's going to make this, make this make sense for me. Um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I I was going to say that this, this comment actually, (laughs) it actually went on and it got, Worse and made more sense at the exact same time. <laughs> so, oh wow! Oh wow! So, um, well, well, you got to remember uh, he, I, he's only speaking from his point of view, so he it's skewed, right? Absolutely, yeah. right. And he he goes on to say, 
First and foremost, the connection between Sean Marks and Steve Nash is very strong and very long. And when people are making decisions like that, like a president of a club or a GM of a club, if he's doing a hiring for a coach, there's got to be a comfort zone. It doesn't matter what color anybody is. That comfort zone is someone that he trusted and feels like that's someone who he can work with. Because of that long relationship, I'm sure he felt very comfortable in making that selection. Bullshit. Bullshit. Good old, that's a, good old, that's the good I old mean, boys. He's basically outlining good old boys club. That's exactly yeah, what yeah, that yeah. is. <laughs> he's, he's, he's basically saying he's excusing it. And that's why that's why you should get out of your comfort zone. Like that's, He's kind of like almost making the counter argument at the same time. Exactly. Um, and, so, and that has nothing to do with Sean Marks or Steve Nash having a good relationship. It has nothing to do with them at all. Like what, what, what he's saying is if you're a president and you're hiring a GM, <laughs> you have to do it in a comfort zone. So it's, it's just like him saying, mm. you know, what's comfortable for him is whiteness. Mm. <laughs> so I, I tend to, to think that they made their decision in absence of thinking about, you know, uh, quality black coaches. You know what I mean? Like, like they took that element out, right? Uh, and it may have been intentional. It may not have been. But um, I guess it's just the way, you know, for this to be something that's kind of like not just an afterthought, it has to be, you know, and it just has to be confronted when it happens. You know what I mean? Like uh, in, in a, a first-time coach versus very experienced, you know, people who are just fired, you know, I don't know. I think coaches get fired too easily anyway. Like, and I don't even, I'm, I'm including right. everyone. Yeah. And so I think that there should be, they should have contracts similar to players. <laughs> like, they should get guaranteed money. I think they should be able to be traded. <laughs> just like players. Right. And we didn't even talk about um, Nate McMillan, who would have been another. Oh, um, yes. Great candidate. I mean, t- I who think got he's fired a, for nothing, basically. For nothing. I mean, like, he's. Would we, we be talking about the Pacers the without the job he did? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. So again, I I'm with I'm with Kron. Like I love Steve Nash. I've come across him a couple times as well. I I would say like yeah. I know him or I talk to him, but I've come across him at events and All Star Weekend and stuff like that. Um, you know, out doing like writing and and stuff like that. And everybody loves him. White people, black people. He's gonna be good for for the Nets. He's probably gonna be a good coach. I hope he has a really great staff. That's gonna make him even more successful. Yeah. I think you said it is an absence of thought or just the absence of consideration is right. my biggest issue. That's it. That's it. It's just not thinking, you know, when ways you can actually, well, for the betterment of, of your, your job too. I mean, you want talent, you want proven guys and people who are fired just for, you know, taking the hit. Like that's, that's part of NBA culture too, which I, that's one of the uglier parts of the NBA culture. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. And we, I don't know how many times we've seen coach of the year get fired. Like it's, it's happened numerous times. 
it's just it's unfortunately it's just sports culture. It happens yeah. in every sport. Right. American sports. Uh, so uh tonight we have a game five of the series, uh which no one saw this coming, but uh Bucks and well I mean we talked about it. But Bucks and Heat, we thought it would be a good series, but like they're facing elimination tonight and without their 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 two-time MVP, go ahead and say, and defensive player of the year. Um this is a fucking mess. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's it sucks that he got hurt. Um it sucks that he got hurt. I mean, it's always bad like when you see like a grown man like screaming. And you know, there's no crowd there. So when he hurt his ankle, he was like yelling and it was loud. So it's like, damn. That's awful. Yeah. So you hate that he got hurt. But they were on their way out. No regardless. Like Miami's yeah. a better team. Just straight up and down. They're better. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you look at the I mean, this ain't the same this ain't new this ain't Miami from last year. I mean, it's it's a you know, this this team as constructed was not what it was last year. I mean, Jimmy wasn't there. I mean, there's all kinds of guys that weren't there on the team last year. So it's a different team. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. and so, you know, I mean, I don't think that the Bucks, you know, coming into the season were looking at the the heat like I don't think a lot of teams were necessarily looking at the Heat like, oh, they they get to the Eastern Conference Finals, um, but it's just a not a good matchup. It's not a good matchup for them, and it's partly not a good matchup. And I'm gonna be, you know, full disclosure. I I brought this topic to the table because <laughs> I kind of wanted to be sort of a a um, a a reflection slash. Uh, study on how to build teams around superstar players and how not to do it. Um, the Bucks, in my estimation, I don't think Giannis is going to stay with the Bucks. Um, I'm just kind of say that just out in front, and I think for a few reasons, it's their construction of their team and the fact that they let somebody like Malcolm Brockton just kind of go Man. for nothing, basically. Um, big mistake. All they had to do was match the contract. All they, He was a restricted free agent. All they yeah. had to do was match it, and they chose to go with Bledsoe. They gave money to Bledsoe last year and, like, you know, at some point extended his contract and decided that, oh, we're just, you know, if it's okay, we'll maybe we'll match you know, if it's feasible, we'll match um, Brogdon's contract with the Pacers or whoever team that they would have offered. Um, but once it got to like $20 million a year or something like that, I think it was like $85 million over four or, yeah, yeah, I think it was something like that. So they're like, no, nah, that's too rich for our blood. We're just going to let him press on. It, I think they got scared because of his, his injury history and Brogdon yeah. had, been gotten, had gotten hurt. A couple of times, and it seemed a little funny. But there's there's all kinds of ways that you could have kind of maneuvered out of that if if that was the case. Like you could have traded him away later. You know, it's it's just a lot of different stuff. I say all that to say 
this. Um, Brockton aside, okay, you're looking at the team right now, and you have a player like uh, Giannis, who's really basically a a. Glo- I mean, I don't know what position I, he's a center. In my opinion, he's more or less a center. Like a um, center. He's basically a stretch center, but not even because really, I don't. I, I'm starting to to get the feeling that he should stop shooting threes. He should go back to the. He should just be on the low block, and he should be playing from the low block and mm. passing out of the low block like Jokic does or like Walton did or like Hakeem Olajuwon used to and pass the shooters, which goes to my second point. Kyle Culver aside, who's a good shooter on their team? Well, we know um. who's supposed to be. Well, that's my that's my point. That's my point. So now he's kicking. That's that's partly my issue here. People, there's this perception that which I don't, I haven't quite understood. And the more I think about, it, I'm like, I've kind of fallen into that perception too. That it's Giannis and a bunch of shooters, but I don't see any shooters except for Kyle Korver. So I don't think that's really true. I, so we're we're really talking about Giannis. And the Middleton, and then you know some other, you know, okay players. Um, yeah. So yeah. they need shooters. I mean, yeah. legitimate shooters. Um, who they really need, quite frankly, is Lou Williams, and he's not coming into their team um, because they need somebody to lead them off the bench, and they don't have that at all. Um, so it, it's. It's the construction of the team versus – and then what you end up doing because of the shortcomings of the team, that, that the perception that it's a sh- three-point shooting team, they only get those good shots because Giannis gets them those good shots. Right. That's how that yeah. works. Like It's not like because they're good shooters. It's because he draws so much attention, he gets them open jumpers. Um, but that's a problem because they, now you're – when you go from the from – the, into the postseason, now you're in a situation where now the pressure's turned up. The teams know exactly what you are and what you do. And instead of changing, Budenholzer has decided to like, no, we're just going to do what we do. And we're going to run hot Giannis through a brick wall through three players. And we're going to hope he scores 30 points a game. Like that can't be the answer. So I don't think he stays there because I don't think that I think they're the butt is too rigid. And the team is just not talented enough, period. They're just not talented enough. And it's, yeah. I'm tired of trying to give him like, okay, well, Giannis will just make a way. Giannis will just make a way. We've already seen that play out. LeBron couldn't do it. You know, Jordan couldn't do it. You know, guys just can't do it. You can't just like be a great player and then drag a, a halfway decent team that may or may not have even made the playoffs without you. To no, the they, finals. Yeah, they <laughs> right? they might make the playoffs without Giannis. Right. They might. They might. They might, they might the thing, make the playoffs. The thing is, too, you know, Kay, to go along to that point, if if you're constructing a team around one of the best players the league has seen in a very long time, and you're building a fan base facilities an arena, uh, all the things around the arena, shopping districts, 
living. Um, you're, you're creating all of this stuff around one guy. You can't, <laughs> you can't make mistakes. Like th- that could be the end of Milwaukee. You know exactly. how much money they spent on on updates to their their their, their new arena, um, all of their facilities, their practice facilities, all of the things around the stadium, and then you give Brooke, Brooke Lopez tons of money, you give Drew Bledsoe tons of money, you give Middleton tons of money, um, you give George Hill a fair amount of money. All like mid guys, right? Exactly, all mid like, guys. All number threes. Extremely. So like Chris, you don't have Chris, you have Chris a, Middleton. Middleton. <laughs> Fanny, you are way too excited about that. Chris Middleton. Mid mid. But it's Aye. it's it's again, it's the thinking of like Giannis is a number one, and you have a, a um a few other guys that are number three or number four players. You don't have like an actual solidified number two guy. Really, they don't even need a, a better player at the second spot. That, that's the thing. No. I think they need a second Middleton. Not the exact player as Middleton, but somebody of his talent level to play alongside Middleton. So it's like a triangle, like a like a pyramid. So you got Giannis at the point at the top, right? The, the, the main guy. Mm-hmm. And then you have two Middletons or somebody of that relative, you know, caliber of player. And then you can have like Bledsoe and Hill and Lopez and stuff like that. So they need to find they need to some they need to find some they don't need a necessarily somebody better than Middleton. He doesn't need to slide down. They need somebody that can handle the ball that is of roughly equal talent to Middleton. If that's even possible, because that's a pretty high number. That's a max player. So is that really yeah. feasible? So then it goes to the whole point of Okay, so what do you do if you're the Bucks? Are you trying to get rid of your whole team to make to get the player mm. that is like Middleton, or do you just go? You just try to trade Giannis and get whatever value you can get next season, you know, before the trade deadline, and try to you know have him not walk away with you know, or do you just blow up the team and just let him walk away? Because that's really what you're doing. You're gonna blow up the team because you know. It's either one thing or the other. Either you're going to see if you can make a championship level team with with Giannis and promise him the world and make it happen, or you're going to blow up the team. There's no middle ground. It's in Milwaukee. Nobody wants to come to Milwaukee. Yeah. Not if he ain't there. Right. And that's going to be interesting for them this summer to because it's it's the NBA, like Panda said. It's 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 instant gratification. So they're going to make some moves. I don't think they're going to blow up the team because he still has another year. So they're going to try and, and make it attractive for him to stay. Um, but they can't move Middleton because he's making too much money. It'll probably be Lopez who who will be the first yeah. domino to drop. Robin Brooke. <laughs> and, you know, yeah, probably like probably, um, probably Bledsoe, Bledsoe too just because he's making $70, 80000000 million. Uh, which isn't a ton of money in the grand scheme of things, but if you want to bring in somebody else, it is. If you want to bring in I, Middleton Part 2, it is. That's that's a little tough. I mean, see, I think you guys said it right. I mean, Middleton, yeah, he's a max player, but really, should he? I mean, would he be on any other team? No. I mean, I'm kind of thinking no. about it. and it's No, like, that's the value relative to the Bucks. Yeah. Right, 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 yeah. right. So their, their money's tied up. Um, 
And that's really all it is. I mean, you got people like DiVincenzo, who's kind of been, eh, he's been all right, but like, you know, he's not the he's next young. coming or. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, yeah, in, yeah. It's like 20. He's like 20, 21 years old, you know, so. Wesley you know. Matthews, he's he's a good player, but he's he's past his prime. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. George Hill is very serviceable. He can give that guy a lot of minutes, and he's very solid. But he can be on a championship team. Absolutely. Yeah, as your fourth option. You're, you know, yeah, fifth really your fifth option. or sixth option. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and it's crazy. You look at this team, and you're like, is this team that good? I mean, are they 56 and 17 good? You know what well, I mean? Like, that's what that's what they were. Again, during the regular season, Giannis is just going crazy. There's no pressure on Middleton. There's no pressure on Bledsoe. They're just yeah. they're winning games because Giannis is, you know, the MVP and the Defensive Player of the Year. And yeah. you know, like Karan said, he's getting those guys wide open looks. They're going to hit forty percent. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's interesting because, I mean, going into this. Like we, they were still kind of the favorite in the East for sure, but like I think even the the last few uh, regular season bubble games, people were like they're not playing well. Like so, it, there's a lot of there's a lot to look at. I mean, I, if I'm being honest, I haven't seen most of these games. I've seen some of uh, the end of them, but like uh, I don't know. It just looks like there's functionally something wrong with them, and it, it's. It's a well-coached team, but I just think it's kind of like a stubborn, weird team. You know what I mean? Well, I, I just think they, I just think their the flaws come out more. I, I think it's it's a few. I think it you just can't. It's a few things. Bledsoe isn't cannot be doing what he does, what he's allowed to do out there. He makes a lot, a lot for a player who's been in the league like. About ten years, he makes a lot of mistakes, mm-hmm. like a wow. lot of mistakes. Like it's an inordinate. Like there's some I know offline. Like just us talking, there have been times where I was like, "Is he throwing the game?" Because who, right. would, who would do what? <laughs> who would do that? Like it's it's, a, it's he he's, he would do stuff that no NBA level player should do ever. Yeah. Like and he would do it multiple times each game, and people would just be like, "Oh, okay, you know." Da-da. But it's like, no, like you don't see, like you don't even. Let's say, take somebody who's just like a very average, steady NBA player. Let's take DJ Augustine. Okay, he's not a special player at all. Texas guy, um, just just a pro. But just a pre- he he doesn't make mistakes. He's not going yeah. out there messing up things. Yeah. He does yeah, 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 exactly yeah. who he is. He shoots the ball pretty good. He doesn't he, you know he doesn't throw the ball in weird places. He do, he does does very extremely safe things. He can be a coach. That's all you man. need. That's all Bledsoe needs to do. It's just do the safe play. And he does these crazy. I'm just like bro. He can't. No, nah, he couldn't play for me. See, Ain't no way he started. See, but it's like. It's like the art of the point guard has kind of gone away. I mean, you're talking about DJ Augustine, who's someone who was a true point guard, and uh, now every, every point guard thinks they're Allen Iverson or something like it, you know? Well, um, I mean, I think the problem with Bledsoe, especially in comparison to, to Augustine, is 
He played on bad Clippers teams, and he played on bad Suns teams. He's never played Mm -hmm. on a good team. Hasn't really played for a really good coach, um, to to be frank. So, again, uh, we've talked about this before with with guys like Bledsoe who are just extremely talented. That fool's just like a brute. He doesn't really know how to play. He's just an athlete, and he's crazy talented, and he learned how to shoot, and he's strong as a tank, but he don't really know how to play. He's out of position. Mm. He's just short. Agreed. Yeah. So just real quickly, um, just just I'm really throwing this at y'all, but your your GM, you got to save the franchise, man. You got one year to do it. Mm-hmm. What's your move? Who are you trying to get with uh, Giannis? Like he he went ahead and waited. He's going to wait till next year to sign or make his decision. You got to show him something. Um, that's a really good question. Um, probably what I would do is um, I'd find some way. <laughs> it probably doesn't even make any sense whatsoever, but I would yeah. try it. <laughs> um, I, look, I would trade Middleton and dump some guys. I, you know what? I would try to get Bradley Bill onto the team. Now, the reason why I say that is because he can actually he plays pretty good defense. He can handle the ball, and I know he can make big shots. And I know he can. He's he's a pretty fairly steady. Again, he doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He's a high volume shooter, but he doesn't like Bradley Bill doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He's not out there messing up. Um, right. He can guard guys. He's a little bit undersized, but I think in the today's league, again, I've said in the previous pods, I think that that's fine. Um, and I think he's hungry to play for a winning team too. And I think that would be, he's got fire in him that Middleton doesn't have. So I think I would, I would push Middleton off <laughs> Washington. And um, I actually think he fits Washington a little bit better. And, you know, I will make that work. And I, I would get rid of Bledsoe and find a steadier point guard. Um, that Bradley Bill situation would actually be great for them. He's making a lot of money. But if they can make it work, they can make the money work. That would be amazing for them. Uh, I would yeah. say uh, yep. this, there's kind of two moves you have to make. Um, you got to get rid of Bledsoe, in my opinion. And I think you can get you can let Middleton go. Because he's kind of he's kind of showing you who he is. He's just like he doesn't have that fire. He doesn't have that grit. He's not he's not a dog, and he's not just so talented offensively that him not being a dog doesn't matter. He's neither. Mm-hmm. He's not an elite offensive player, and he's not a dog like one of the Morris brothers. A so, case in point. I'm, I hate to I'm, I hate to break you off, but no, like I'm it. looking at the score. I'm looking at the score right now. Right, Divincenzo no. leads him in scoring. Oh no, he's got <laughs> okay. 15 points. Middleton. Yeah, now they're they're it's it's 57 56. They're only losing by a point, but Divincenzo is the it best player on the Bucks right yeah, that's now. That's not a good sign. That's not good. I can't have it. So I want Divincenzo. <laughs> I'm getting rid of yeah, like So continue. So continue. That's just bothering me. <laughs> crazy. Well, I think, uh, you know, a couple of things and, and kind of um, kind of adjacent or, or parallel rather to Karan's point. 
something's got to happen with C.J. McCollum. So mm-hmm. he's coming off that Portland team one way or another. Um, if Milwaukee can get him, he's a better version of Chris Middleton. He's not an end-all, be-all because okay. he's not – he has eh, – I really like C.J., but he's not a great defender. Um, so and then I'd go for like third, fourth tier guys. I again, I'm knocking down the door for, for 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 Miles Leonard. I'm knocking down the door for um, what's the guy in Brooklyn? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the shooter. Uh, help me out, Kay. Oh, Joe uh, Harris. Joe Harris. I'm I'm looking mm-hmm. for for those guys who can rebound, who can defend, and who can shoot, who can stretch the floor. Three and D guys. Yeah. Yes, that's what you Give need. Me those guys. That's what Giannis needs. He needs me, Giannis just play. Play low. Stop trying to do this whole thing where you run into a wall. Or at least move the offense around and make it sort of like versatile. Because Bud does one thing. Make it dynamic. Okay, well, today, since we have this particular matchup, we have the ability to put him on a low block. Oh, they're playing with a small team. We're going to let Giannis just go crazy and do all his spin moves and dunk on everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, so... Do different things. Put them in like a triple threat position. Just different stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm also knocking down the door of like, again, if it's not CJ, it's you know somewhere it's someone who's who's in a position where his his you know his minutes might drop. Like somebody like Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, wow. with Levert coming up, KD coming back, wow. Kyrie coming back. Wow. I'm looking at guys like that. Wow, that's, that would be something. That's clever. <laughs> Um, That'd be something. I like that, but let me add on. Uh, man, I like a lot of the stuff you just said. Uh, let me add. Let me go. Let me just give me Eric Gordon somehow. No, man. No, man. Yes. <laughs> no. <laughs> like but, find but me a way. But truthfully, like that's exactly real. who they need. You know, it for is. real. They can't Eric have Gordon. him. They can't have him. But yes. <laughs> I mean, just Eric fucking, Gordon is the well, dog. Rockets, the Rockets have they have these guys who were dogs and shooters. Like they're just full of them. They fucking yeah. Covington was just chilling. How did it, man? I don't know like how he was just chilling like that, and everyone just just ignored him. And now he's like he's almost like they're Ariza now, you know? Uh, yeah. So th- those are the kind of players they need, obviously. But man. They got one year to try and do it. I mean, I don't, I don't see him. If he moves, I don't see it happening this year. I think um, there's have to, there'd have to be. I don't know, man. It, it'd be, it'd be crazy. I, I would kind of wait till some of this stuff blows over and the money changes. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, he's not gonna make but, a decision now. Nah, I don't think he should, anyways. But and you know, it's it's just one of those things, man. Like he, I. I don't think he'll be the 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 Damian Lillard of his own story. Dame's going to stay in Portland. He's always said he loves Portland, and for all intents and purposes, I think he's going to stay there. Giannis has always said he loves Milwaukee, and he's going to stay there, but he's not going to stay there. He could. It's possible, but like oh, it's going to take. It's, it's not just going to happen for no reason. Like like it's gonna it's gonna take something's going to have to happen. Um, I, well, I mean, it's it's more than that. They don't have the right team around him, and that no one wants to live in Milwaukee. Mark Cuban is going to come at him hard. The Raptors are going to come at him hard. 
The yeah. Suns are going to come at him hard. There's probably going to be some kind of surprise team that nobody thought of. But he's going to have some really, really good options. It's like, hey, come play with Luka. Or, hey, yeah. come play wow. on this Raptors team and, and just own this town. And we still have a championship team pretty much intact. Like, it's going to be the other options out there that's going to be so enticing. Like, oh, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll unload, man. We'll back the car up and then all the enchiladas. Back the Brinks truck. Yeah. yeah. Call the movers. So what? just really quick, because we're going to close this out here, but um, what do y'all say about Richard Jefferson popping off? I mean, like, with this whole thing. like He's uh, stupid. He's stupid. Call, yeah, he <laughs> we probably shouldn't even talk about it. It's pretty well, he's dumb. dumb. Look, he's yeah. dumb. First yeah. of all, first of all, if Pip was right to get it in his, in his behind, and then LeBron was right to get into like Jay. I mean, it was just like, come on, guys. Like, yeah. it's yeah. very clear. Oh, he need, he's a Pippin. He's not a he's Giannis is very. Look, in my estimation, if Giannis has that right second or third guy, Giannis is going to be. I mean, even with or without him, he's going to be a top. The way his career is trending right now, he's his numbers are like Kareem numbers. They're like, like, like incredible. I mean, he's going to be like one of the top five, seven players has ever played basketball. Yeah, like, he's already. I don't. I mean, that's it's clear he's on that way. He's twenty five years old. He's a two time MVP. He's averaging thirty point. and thirteen. Like he's a dominating player. Like don't don't get it messed up. <laughs> like okay, this is so, Richard Jefferson is an idiot. And he's proven that time and time again. Now, if he would have said this, oh, what I'm about there. to say, okay, I would agree with him 100. percent If he oh, would have said, repeat that, repeat that for me again. No, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I'm saying, um, Richard Jefferson is an idiot, and he's proven it <laughs> many times over. But if he would have said what I'm about to say, I would have agreed with him. To a, to a large degree. Okay. If he would have said that if Giannis was 6'3", then he'd be like a number two player or number three player, I would be when maybe not 100% with him on that, but I would be with him on that. If he would have said that like Giannis is seven feet tall and that's a large part of why he does what he does, and if he was... Six five, he wouldn't be doing that. He wouldn't be as dominant. I would be with him on that, and I think that's kind of what he was trying to say. He just didn't say it right because that had been kind of this thing that people were talking about NBA Twitter and stuff like that. Like, you know, we're because changing. the Bucks were losing, so we're changing and, his height now, huh? <laughs> we're changing his height. Like, what else? What else do we got to do to like again cut him I, off just, at the knees and say he's not great? <laughs> I'm saying like it was a dumbass comment, but he was taking that from these Twitter conversations in these NBA forums and trying to make it into this grand statement that would be trending and blah, blah, blah. So he was trying to say that a large part of why Giannis is really great is because he's seven feet tall and he's not as skilled as KD or LeBron. And I get that because he's not. And that's what he was trying to say. He's just not smart enough to say it in a way that made sense. 
To me, if he I mean, just I, said that LeBron is if he would have said that Giannis isn't as skilled as as Jordan or LeBron or KD or whatever, then no one's going to have a problem with that statement. But he's just even, as valuable as any of those exactly, guys, exactly. If not exactly. more, I, if I, not more. I, I don't understand. The, like I get that people are obsessed with the skill, mm-hmm. and I totally get it. I totally Say understand it. it. It's sexy, right? But the what shooting. I care about is effectiveness, right? Yes. Okay, what uh, he's, what what numbers do you get? Okay, the scale guys. Oh, let's you know, uh, he's getting thirty points, thirteen rebounds, and like five or six assists a game, and a couple of blocks in like thirty minutes a game. Like, what are we talking about right now? Like, yeah, right. And this is the this is my whole thing about, and I think I mean. That's my whole. I care about effectiveness. That's all I care. That's mm-hmm. all that matters. Or are you be able to, know, to like affect your team in in a very positive way? If you took that person off the team, how yeah. good would the team be? That's what matters to me. And yeah. the Bucks would would barely make the playoffs if he wasn't on the team. That's just the fact of the matter. Yeah. Right. Again, I, like you said, I think people think like the skill thing is sexy, and it's easy to pick on him because he just. Kind of generally speaking, it hasn't been playing basketball it's, it's as long lazy. as most people in the NBA. In well, just like but, his whole life. but also James Harden is out here talking about, oh, well, he just shouldn't be tall. Right? And that's that's, that's of, the thing that players right. that that's right. bullshit. It's complete right. bullshit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And they were obviously going back and forth at each other because Giannis was being kind of petty, saying that, you know, James can't hoop or he this or he that. And so they were, you know, they were just being petty. But sure. again, Beard was saying something that, you know, a lot of people love to talk about. Say, like, oh, he's not as skilled as such and such, or he's this way because he's this tall, or blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And again, Richard Jefferson was just saying something off the cuff, trying to make it trend, but he sounded like an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so we man. we gave that a little more time than we wanted to, but. <laughs> But um, it's fun. It's still it's still fun to talk about. Yeah. Um, so that's it. Episode twenty in the books. Uh, we'll be back next week. We wanted to talk a little bit more about some of these matchups, but by then we'll see. We'll be deep into these matchups. Um, I think some of them are going to be nice long series. Uh, I think Darren, Darren was actually right on that, so we'll give him some credit. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I think Denver and 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 uh, Clippers could be a long series too. Surprisingly, but uh, we'll see how that how that goes. Yeah. But uh, thanks for listening once again. Uh, subscribe and check us out on Spotify, iTunes, uh, Google Podcasts, everywhere. And uh, leave us if you're on iTunes, please rate and comment. That helps us out a great deal. So if you're listening right now, go do that. I want to see thirty rates and thirty comments, even if you put one star. I don't care. Yeah. Just help us out a little bit. So we'll see you next time. Peace. Peace. Peace.